You ask, we answer your immigration questions. Simple. And now your host, immigration lawyer, Jacob Soposhnik. Hello, hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Ask an Immigration Lawyer. I'm excited to introduce the next several episodes because we are actually using audio from our YouTube videos to share with a lot of the people that are not able to watch the videos every day. They prefer audio version to be on the go. So you, you can listen to it in the car or whatever you, you want to get the information from about our the immigration changes and the different topics we cover in, in those videos. So the next several episodes will have audio from our YouTube videos and also full transcripts with easy to find uh, section description of what you have in each episode. So hopefully you like this format. Let me know what you think. And without further ado, let's jump in right into this next episode. So enjoy. And we'll see you in our next episode. My name is Jacob Sabashnik, and I'm an immigration attorney based in San Diego, California. In this video, we'll do something a little bit different. We're going to break down how to complete an actual I-130 uh, family petition uh, form. This form is usually used to uh, immigrant a spouse, a family member like a brother or sister, a parent. It's the same form that you use for all these different purposes, but of course it has different uh, check boxes and categories. And in this video, We'll, we'll break down how to complete this form. Again, once again, this, this video is done as a, as a general information for you. We don't provide legal advice here. Now let's jump in and follow the video and see how to do this form. Let's get there. The form I-130. This is the petition for alien relatives. So this is where you are petitioning your spouse and you want to make sure that you complete this form as thoroughly as possible. We'll start with part one, the relationship. So you're going to click on spouse. Uh, if you're petitioning for your spouse, this form can be used for other immediate relatives, but we're just talking about marriage right now. So you're going to click on spouse. And then you go on to number two, if this does not pertain to you, you don't click anything. Number two, if this does not pertain to you, you do not click anything here. The same thing with number three. However, with number four, if you gained lawful permanent residence uh, status through or citizenship through adoption, then you want to click yes or no here. Then we go to part two, the information about you, the petitioner. So remember the petitioner is the US citizen. So if you are a U.S. citizen through naturalization, you used to have an alien registration number. You do not need to fill this out. This is only for legal permanent residents because a legal permanent resident can petition a spouse. Then this is where they would put their A number. If you are now a U.S. citizen, you do not enter an A number because you are now a citizen. The USCIS online account number, not very many people have this number, and so you can leave that blank. You do want to enter your social security number in number three. And then of course you want to enter your last name, first name, and middle name, and you want to make sure that you have typed these in correctly. If you have used any other names, then this is where you would enter that information. You want to enter the city 
or town that you were born in and your country of birth, your date of birth, and your sex, male or female. Here in the mailing address, uh, sometimes you will have a separate mailing address than a physical address. And if you do, you want to enter yes or no down here. So if you have a separate mailing, uh, a physical address that is different from your mailing address, you want to click on yes. Make sure your address is correct because if it's wrong, you're not going to get your receipts. So don't forget the apartment number or floor number, whatever it is that uh, uh, pertains to you, but make sure it's complete. Uh, if you marked no here, then when you go up to this next section, uh, address history, you do not have to fill out this first part. You do want to fill out 13A uh, since when have you been living at that address. And then physical address two, where did you previously live? So you want to enter the dates in there. The dates don't have to be precise. They can be approximate, but you want to enter the month, day, and year. If you don't remember the specific day, then just enter one. Uh, because a lot, uh, And here for the end, you can just enter the last day of the month. Many people uh, forget the dates that they moved. Uh, and so just make it as close to the real date as possible. How many times have you been married? Some people tend to forget that they've been married. If you've been married, you definitely want to put this here because it will come up at the interview. Uh, and so if you think you're hiding something from someone, uh, it, it will come up. So make sure that you mark down if you've had other previous marriages. If this is the only marriage, then you're just going to mark one in this box. Your current status, of course, is married because you're filing for your spouse. And you want to enter here your date of marriage, of your current marriage, not any previous marriages. Also, you want to enter here the information about your current marriage. Where did you get married? Under name of all spouses, of all your spouses, if this is the only marriage you have, then you only need to complete the first one. And where it says date marriage ended, you can leave that blank. If you were previously married, then you want to enter the name of your previous spouse. And if you were married more than two or three times, you want to go to the last page and enter that information. And we'll show you that at the very end where you can enter this but you, you have to put all that information in. Information about your parents. So this is where you're going to put your, your father's information and your mother's information. And so if you put your father first, male, and uh, I think I flipped a little bit too fast. And then we go up uh, and finish the information up here. They want to know where your father was born uh, and where he resides now. If your father is deceased, then where in number 28, just put deceased. Same thing with your mother. You want to enter that information. Make sure you enter the sex and the country of birth. And if deceased, enter that information there. 
additional information about you. So you're going to mark down whether you're a U.S. citizen or a legal permanent resident, a lawful permanent resident. And if you got citizenship through your birth or through naturalization or through your parents. So if you got it through birth, it's, you end this here. But if you received your citizenship through naturalization, then you do need to enter information as to where you uh, where your citizenship was issued. So you want to put the certificate number, the place of issuance, and the date of issuance. If you received it through your parents, uh, then uh, you may not have obtained a certificate. Many uh, children that were legal permanent residents, when their parents became citizens, they automatically became citizens and they would not have necessarily received a certificate. So if you do not have a certificate, you want to check no here. Information about you continued. Uh, if you are a lawful permanent resident, then you need to uh, include this information, your class of admission, and where you were admitted in the state you were admitted, okay? Employment history. So if you're currently employed, this is where you put your current occupation and the date that you started. Then you want to enter here your previous employer. Now, if you've been employed more than five years, you don't need to enter this. If you've had, you need to enter all employers during the past five years and I didn't mention this earlier but also it's the same with your with your residential addresses you need to enter all your addresses in the previous five years so that information if it doesn't all fit here then you need to go again to the last page and enter it there and we'll talk about that page when we get there biographic information so you enter if you're Hispanic or Latino or not Hispanic and if you are Hispanic, you are lawfully, legally, by the Supreme Court, considered white, so you would mark that box. Um, and you would mark whichever race you are here, your height, weight, eye color, hair color. Part four, information about the beneficiary. So this is where you're going to talk about your spouse, the foreign national who is going to be applying for adjustment of status. So normally, uh, if they've never been here before or if uh, they've never filed for any immigration benefits, they're not going to have an A number. So if it's asking you for an A number and you don't even know what that is, then just leave it blank. Again, with the USCIS account number, not very many people have this number, so if you don't have one, it's okay. Leave that blank. And then the U.S. Social Security number, if they've never worked in the U.S. before uh, and, and they've never had an A number before or work authorization, they are not going to have a Social Security number, so you can leave that blank. Beneficiary's name, the full name goes here, and um, if the person has two last names, the two last names go under last name. And if there are any other names that are used, so for example, say the person has two last names, um, they can say that their last name is Ramirez Gonzalez, um, but they almost always go by just Ramirez. So you would put that name here under other names used. And if you have more than one other name that you use and you want to, again, put that into the last page. 
This is important information because it's used for your background check. And especially if you have a, a common name, uh, it's really important that you put your name as thoroughly as possible. Other information about the beneficiary, this is where you put the birth uh, city, country, and the sex of the beneficiary, and, um, and whether or not a petition has ever been filed for this person before. Some people don't know if someone's filed a petition before, if they've had a relative, uh, an immediate relative file for them before. But if, if you uh, are pretty sure no one's ever filed for you, then just mark no. <clears throat> then you want to, uh, let's see, I think I, I skipped uh, a little bit of it here. So then we're gonna go to the beneficiary's physical address. And if they are currently here in the U.S., then it should be the same address as the petitioner. Other address information, so you provide the address in the United States where the beneficiary intends to live. So if it's the same address, then you can put same. And right here it even tells you you can put same. So it says to provide the beneficiary's address outside the U.S. if it's different. Uh, and if this is so... If they still have an address outside the U.S., then uh, you don't need to complete that. Information about the beneficiary, you want to put their phone number and email address. And how many times have they been married? So if this is the first marriage, then you enter one here. And, um, and of course, you would enter married in the next box 18 and the date of the current marriage would be entered in this box. More information about the marriage, where did you get married, you want to enter that, that should be the same as the petitioner. Name of the beneficiary's spouses, so uh, obviously the beneficiary is currently married to the petitioner, so this is where the petitioner's name would go, and again you can leave date marriage ended blank because it's still existing, and if the beneficiary has been previously married, they need to enter all previous marriages, all previous marriages, even though it only shows, uh, it doesn't show all previous marriages, uh, or enough space for all previous marriages. You need to add that on the last page or if it doesn't fit on the last page in an addendum page. Information about the beneficiary's family. So th this is where they put the parents in for, um, excuse me, the spouse and children. And so uh, you would put the petitioner spouse information here. And then if there are any children involved, um, then they would go here. So the petitioner is able to petition for any children, uh, any of the beneficiary's children, as long as they married before the child turned 18. Information about the beneficiary continued. It's still, if there are more children, hopefully there aren't. Beneficiary's entry information. Was a beneficiary ever in the United States? So if you're in the United States now, then you mark yes. And 
this is where you put where you arrived. There's a drop-down menu, and if you arrived as a temporary visitor, you want to click on temporary visitor, and then you want to enter your I-94 number in this box. And this number is um, is now issued electronically. So if you have your passport uh, with you, uh, you can go onto the CBP website and you can look in our resources for more information about that and uh, find your I-94 number there. And you can also get your arrival date there if you don't exactly remember your arrival date. That should also be stamped in your passport. And the expiration date goes here. If you came in as a student uh, or in some type of work visa, they may have issued you DS for duration of status, uh, and there would be no date. There would only be a DS. Um, okay, so you also want to enter your passport number travel document uh, number. In, most people just have passport numbers, no travel document numbers, so don't worry about that box if you don't have a travel document. And the country of issuance, um, so that would normally be the country that you were born in, but um, some people who have dual citizenship may have a passport for a different country. Enter the expiration date of the passport. So we move on to the beneficiary's employment information. If the beneficiary is not currently employed, uh, then, then it's not applicable. Uh, but if they are currently employed, then you do want to put unemployed in this box. They do want the uh, beneficiaries um, more information for your spouse, but that will be on the form I-130A that we'll go through in a moment. Additional information about the um, about the beneficiary. So, was the beneficiary ever under immigration proceedings? Again, this is something you would know if you um, were in immigration proceedings. You would have been picked up by an immigration and customs enforcement officer, also known as ICE, or you would have a court date, uh, and or you would have gone in front of a judge. So, you would definitely know if you were in immigration proceedings. So here, most people would mark no. And you move over to information about the beneficiary. So if the language is different, uh, if the written language is different, um, native written language is different than the way that we would normally write it in English, then you would want to enter that information in here. So it says, if filing for your spouse, provide the last address at which you physically live together. So you are filing for your spouse, so you want to put your address that you're living at now, and uh, you want to put the from date, and if you're still living there, you can leave the date to blank. So because the beneficiary is in the U.S., they're going to be filing in the U.S., so here you want to make sure that you enter the city or town where you're going to be filing and, uh, and the state. And then they will send it to the nearest 
USCIS field office when it's time for your interview. Oops. I think I, I rolled these up too fast. So then we go to uh, this section here is only if you're filing abroad and we're talking about filing for adjustment of status in the U.S. so we leave that blank. Part five, have you ever previously filed a petition for this beneficiary or any other beneficiary or any other alien? So if you filed for your parents or your brother or sister, then you want to mark yes here and you want to put in the information uh, that of the person that you filed for and again if it if there is not enough space here for all of the people that you filed for you want to add that in on the last page so this page has the petitioners information petitioners going to hopefully say yes that I can read and understand English and click on that but if not and you used an interpreter then you want to complete that part of the of the application. The petitioner's contact information, uh, this is where the daytime phone number and the mobile phone number go. A lot of times it's the same number so you can just put both numbers there and an email address. And then finally the petitioner is going to sign on this page. So if you use an interpreter, there, you do need to complete the interpreter's contact information and certification. Uh, if, if not, uh, then you can leave that blank. And then for part eight of uh, the contact information of the person who prepared this, if you prepared it yourself, you don't have to complete this. If someone else prepared it for you, then it should be completed. This is the last page where I was um, saying throughout the form that if you don't have enough space, that you should add that information on here. And this is where you can add all of the additional jobs that you had. And you can usually fit maybe two or three jobs in each section or two or three addresses in each section. You don't have to do a section for each one, just one section for all your addresses, one section for all your employers, uh, etc. One section for all your wives or husbands. <laughs> all right. And that's the end of uh, Form I-130. Hope you enjoyed watching this video about the I-130 form. Again, if you like those foreign videos, we'll try to do more of those. Again, once again, we are attorneys, so we don't provide legal advice for you. We just do those videos for general information. We enjoy engaging with our YouTube viewers. But if you have any other ideas for videos, if you like more of the foreign videos, put them in the comments below. And most importantly, if you have questions, ask me and I'll answer. Ask your questions and I'll answer. Thanks for following us. Thanks for supporting our YouTube channel. I'm so grateful for you. I will see you on the next video. Thank you for listening to the Ask My Immigration Lawyer podcast, the show that's dedicated to answering your immigration questions. Simple as that. See you next week for another round of questions and much needed answers.